Welcome to the I-29 MUU Dairy Podcast. I-29 MUU University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. I'm Kim Clark, Nebraska Extension Dairy Educator. I'm your co-host for today, joined by Fred Hall from Iowa State University. Greetings, Kim. And today we also have with us Ron Mortensen. Ron comes to us from Dairy Gross Margins, located out of Fort Dodge, and is no stranger to a lot of producers in the Midwest and across the country uh, as one of the folks who works with them on the revenue protection program. You know, dairy producers are price takers. They have little ability to set the price they get for the milk they sell. So over the years and through several farm bills, risk management tools have been developed to help producers protect their milk sales from the volatility of the marketplace. Currently, producers have access to several risk management tools, including Dairy Revenue Protection Program, or we call that DRP, Dairy Margin Coverage, also called DMC, and Livestock Gross Margin for Dairy Program, or LGM Dairy, where producers can buy insurance at different levels that meet their risk tolerance. Other options include contracting production or purchasing tools available on the CME or other commodity markets. Today we will focus on the DRP, DMC, and LGM dairy. Let's start out by kind of getting a little understanding on when uh, we are looking at the value of producer milk, we need to understand a little bit about how it's established so we can use that in these different risk management tools. Ron, you kind of want to share information with us about that? Well, what I'd like to do is talk about each one of these products is, is uses a little bit different tool of establishing a, a price or a floor price. Um, and some of the tools are based on the volume. Uh, the, the DMC program is based on the volume. But let, let's just start talking about the, uh, the DMC program, which is the, the government program. You sign up at the FSA office, you're eligible up to 5 million uh, pounds. And uh, there's a bunch of math in there to get to those, that levels and established price from a historical number. And then they use a established price of uh, up to 9.5 for a guarantee. And it's like a health insurance policy. It is just an absolute fixed price. The, the second product is the, uh, the new product is the, um, the DRP is established by the CME. And, uh, and the beginning price, the ending price is established by the uh, government or the AMS uh, NAS uh, people. Uh, the LGM is very similar. The prices are established in the beginning to get coverage by the CME and the uh, ending prices are by the CME. So the dairy margin coverage is a once a year sign up and the sign up is coming up in October for producers to look at what the, the numbers look like for the next year and make a decision if they think that there will be a, a less than a $9.50 margin uh, out there. A lot of projections have been proven very wrong uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, 
as we readjust the marketplace. And I'm not certain as anyone who can say, okay, what is the margin going to be six months from now? But it's certainly a tool if you sign up 95% of your milk for $9.50 for your first 5 million pounds. We, I believe, and correct me, Ron, if you've heard different, but it's going to be in the neighborhood of 15 cents a hundred way. And then by signing up, if there would be a catastrophic event, uh, the remainder of your milk would be covered at the $4 level, uh, over 5 million pounds. I was going to interject here, Fred, a little bit that the DMC program is very advantageous to the producer. We've suggested that you sign up for the highest level if you already haven't. The payout ratios in the are projected were very, very high. It is a relatively inexpensive program compared to uh, the LGM, uh, the DRP, or even options from the CME. So if people would ask me, uh, do I sign up for DMC? I'd say absolutely. Go sign up for the maximum amount. And the good part of it, it's a once a year sign up and we know what the cost is going to be. For the other uh, two types of insurance, those costs flex. Let's just do a, a run through as far as... Let's go back a step, Fred. The, the, the DMC is a flat price. Right. It, it has no market impact. It's it is what it is. The nine fifty is there for the whole year, whereas the other programs are market impacted. So the prices are lower. You'll get less margin. The prices are higher. You get higher margin. So let's talk. Let's start with uh, dairy revenue protection or DRP. Kind of lay out some of the mechanics. So th- this is a relatively easy program to get involved in. Think about it from your context as a crop insurance policy for milk. And so what you're really doing is you're signing an application to get in, to get it in the system of the insurance company, and then you'll do a what they call a QE or a transaction. And that transaction can be done on a quarterly basis. You can go out five quarters. Uh, the beauty of this program is, is that it's almost available almost every day, and that uh, you can look at the prices and the premiums and say yes or no every almost every day. It is like a revenue policy policy on your crop insurance, there is a price, which is established by the CME, and there is a yield, which is established by either a state or a region. Iowa, Minnesota have their own states, so it's uh, based on that. So if the milk per cow number, which is the yield, if that number, um, if the production gets better, it might go against you a little bit on the revenue, just like a higher yield would on your crop insurance. If the production gets uh, a little bit worse, then it'll help you out. So the DMC is an easy answer. It's a crop insurance policy. It is very similar, similar to a subsidized put. So each day that you'll get quote sent to you, and there's actually three of them. If you're in a class three market, you get class three or class four, or you can actually work with your components, and those can be at a, a variable level too, correct? That's correct. So on the on the DRP, there'll be a established price, which is the average of the three months, and there'll be a floor price, and I'll use the 95% coverage. The floor price would be 95% of that level. 
So you've got class three and class four, and you could get up to five quotes every day for the, each one of those. And then for the Midwest, mostly you would get a, uh, a class three component. Basically, that would be driven by what the uh, butter fat and protein are. And uh, so if you're doing a class three component equivalent, you'd use 3.5 butter fat and 3.0 protein. Uh, in addition to that, uh, there's a new product available just uh, last month or so. It's basically a class four component, which uses the butter fat and uh, solids and non-fat. Um, most people in Iowa wouldn't be using this. People in New York, Ohio, and California are starting to use these products. Is that a kind of breed specific for a high testing dairy or not? It's partly a breed testing. Uh, you know, your higher components could be as high as five, five o, um, and uh, but but the people in some of these states have a, a high class four component or they may be selling to a plant that uses class four uh, for butter fat or, or butter powder. And those, those plants, uh, their risk is actually in the, uh, in the class four or the class four component levels. So let's move on to the third tool we're going to discuss, the LGM dairy. How does that work and how does it compare to the other two tools? So the LGM dairy is just kind of the uh, the grandmother, if you will, of all this, it started out about 10, 12 years ago and was originally designed to give people a margin, somewhat similar to the DMC. So it is just similar to the other products. It's a subsidized put, but it has a couple of components to it. One is it is a class three milk price and it has some corn in it and soybean meal in it. So you can kind of make your own ration and uh, put so much corn in it. You can use the smallest amount or the largest amount, depending on what you uh, you want to do on your operation. Um, most people in the Midwest, because they own their own feed, or grow their own feed, uh, use the smallest amount. Uh, but there's times times in the year where they would uh, bump it up to a higher level. So th in this case, it's uh, milk minus corn minus meal. And then that is a, an option that uh, just like the other program, the RP is subsidized and uh, so forth. So if you hit your margin, there's no payment. If you're below the, the margin, there can be an indemnity payment. That's correct. So if you go back and think about the, uh, the DRP, uh, the highest level of coverage you can get is 95%. On the LGM product, uh, the first deductible is zero. So you could buy a zero deductible policy on the LGM or a 10 cent or a 50 cents or a dollar deductible on, and it's, it's flexible in that respect. All of these products uh, have the premiums paid at the end, so that's pretty advantageous for the producer. Now, one of the things that affects the success, I'll use that term, of the uh, LGM and DRP is the volatility in the market. How is that affecting what it's costing to get this protection? Well. DRP and LGM are both market-based. So if the price of milk uh, is higher in both of these, you'll have higher values or higher margins, and the premiums might cost a little bit more. If you have lower milk prices, sometimes you can have lower premiums, and but that's not the case right now, I hate to tell you that. Um, but the uh, these programs are all based off of option volatilities on the CME. So because of the COVID-19, the volatilities have, have become very, very high, and thus the premiums are, are, I would say, high to very high at this point compared to history. So as we go down the road, we'll be able to uh, hopefully adjust those volatilities down, the premiums will come down, and that makes it a little bit easier to get through the uh, deductible and the premium to uh, get a net payout. 
Would you have a producer sign up for more than one of these programs? Is it advantageous to do that? I, I can start that uh, answer. So the DMC program probably should be done by everybody. There's no restrictions on the other programs. So you can use DMC and then you can use DRP or you can use DMC and LGM. The only restrictions are is that in the same quarter, you cannot use DRP and LGM. So that's the only restriction for the LGM DRP products. Now, if I want, if I've signed up for DMC and I, I think there's a good reason for me to go to DRP, can I cover the same milk in the same quarter? Yeah, you can uh, double down if you want to call that. Uh, you could have coverage in DMC on the same milk and then put DRP or LGM on top of it. The only issue is you're paying for two premiums. And in, in my perspective is, is that you'd want to do the second layer of coverage if the prices are relatively high or if you think the expectation of the price is dropping that you would do it at that point. So right now, it would guess that uh, we're seeing some decline in the value of the class three milk. So this might be a, a time period where that would make sense. I think it would. DMC, according to uh, Dr. Bose, it kind of gives you a 1650 class three price, floor price. So anything over the 1650 area would make sense to start covering it more aggressively. And of course, if you don't, you can't, you have to do the 5% that's not covered, or if you're over the 5 million pounds. And the higher the price goes, obviously above those levels, uh, probably the more aggressive you should be. You mentioned DMC, a producer would need to go into their FSA office. Is there someone that can help producers sign up for the other programs? Uh, the other programs, the LGM and the DRP are basically crop insurance driven. So approved agents uh, can sign people up for those programs. What is a realistic go or expectation producers should have as they use these tools over time. We know that they're not in place to always hit the market high every time, but what expectation should they have? That's a really good question. Um, and I'm gonna give you the answer and I'm gonna give you another answer. The first answer is probably something less than a dollar a hundred weight over, over time. And uh, that doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, if you accumulate over a period of time, that can be a significant help. The, the broader issue is, is that most of this will come, there's like two blocks of this. There'll be a periods of time where there'll be no payments. It might be a year or two years, and there'll be a period of six months to a year where there's massive amount of pain. And um, this, was, this was happening even prior to COVID-19, where there'd be a a cycle of uh, no payments and then a lot of pain. So it's it's essentially waiting for that big payout and having the patience and stamina, I guess, to keep putting those uh, positions in place, knowing that at some point in time, you, know, you might get paid. The current dairy media is all about producer price differentials. And that is a whole another series of podcasts to try to figure out how those are established. Uh, we know that it has to do with the spread between class four and class three and lots of different things. But is there a tool out there that producers can use to protect against negative PPDs? Uh, the, the easy answer, Fred, is that there is not. Uh, it's, it's all driven, uh, as you, as you can, can explain better than I can, by the, the processors. And uh, I think uh, as we go down the road, 
Uh, these PPDs will get better, uh, but this has been a horrific period and a pretty long period where the PPDs are uh, really hurting guys. And I don't know how to say this, my condolences, because uh, it, it's been a tough deal. If you're a producer who's not used the tool, what's the first step they need to consider if they're, they're saying, okay, I need to manage better with some of these tools? What's the first step they should do? Everybody always says this, know what your break-evens are. And, and I think that's still a good first step. But I also can tell you that the market doesn't care what your break-evens are. And so you need to figure out within that break-even or within that cash flow, uh, the importance of some stakeholders. And those stakeholders might be lenders, uh, equity partners, um, uh, the wife, the husband, the spouse, uh, the brother, uh, the, the sister, and so forth, and figure out who you need to pay and what levels of uh, protection you need to have to make those things get done. I think that's, that's the easy answer. Looking at the market projections for rest of Q3, Q4 this year, even looking into next year, what should producers do when it comes to these three programs? You should ask Fred that question. <laughs> well, I think Ron said it very well. As soon as you can sign up for dairy margin coverage, I still think over a long term, that one's a no-brainer. You know, it, it's 15 cents and it will protect at whatever level uh, of margin you're most comfortable with. You know, I, I always say $9.50 and 95%. Uh, if you're milking 300 cows, I think that certainly fits tool that is very doable. So the, the area to cover in the DRP is the is the last quarter of this year. And so in the LGM is about the same place. There obviously is some risk left in this in this last quarter of the year, but most people who will do the, the long-term math say you should go out six to nine months and just put keep putting on coverage, either the DMC or the, the LGM or the DRP. So what you're doing is you're going out to a six to nine month period where there's a lot of unknown risks and you uh, put coverage out there and you just consistently do that every week, every month, every three days or something like that, but consistently do something in that slot. And just to kind of cover again, you don't write a check that day. That's part of the settlement once that milk is sold, correct? Right. The, uh, the premiums are not due until about 45 days after the last coverage period. And I think that's the real beauty. Uh, I think the farmer has done a good job of lobbying for that, and that's what got put in all these programs. We've got a lot of information uh, today. We've covered the high points. Uh, if a producer is interested, there's uh, the dairy specialist in each state who will certainly bring them up to a level. But it's very important that the folks who do this every day be part of the conversation. Your lender your partners, and of course, those agents who are selling the product. And, you know, mention again, Ron is part of uh, the dairy margin coverage organization, and that's what you do every day. I got to tell producers that, that the LGM and the DRP, they have worked. People have gotten paid. You know, they've paid premium, but people have gotten paid. Um, we are in the process now of settling some of the uh, last few months. The DRP pool, the people who used DRP have had big payments. You know, also, we've just closed a couple of LGM policies that, in fact, this one case was uh, $2.44 per hundred weight from March and April. So my point is that it does work, it does pay, and uh, you have to keep trying to use it. Um, Fred talked about 
uh, priced acres in the beginning of this program. I think that's really important. My grandfather lived in a farm very close to the town of Alton. And the story is that every Saturday night, they would take the eggs and the cream to the grocery store. And I'm, I'm guessing that they took some flour home and some sugar and stuff like that. But he couldn't negotiate that price of that cream. He was a total price taker. And so in a lot of respects, because the producer puts the milk in his tank and then it gets hauled away and he gets a check, uh, once that milk is gone, uh, he has no negotiating uh, ability with that. So uh, even today, like my grandfather, uh, we are still, uh, dairymen are still uh, uh, price takers. Just related to the price takers, that's something that's never going to change. As much as we work so hard for what we produce as dairy farmers, we would love to be able to really set our price. But at the end of the day, we're a price taker and we really need to protect our assets. And in these risk management programs like the DMC, DRP, LGM are really one way that we can protect our assets, our farm our employees, us at the end of the day. Let's wrap up. Let's summarize maybe three to five points. What do you recommend for producers? Well, I think Fred said it before. You got to make sure you're involved in this DMC program. Uh, that's the first step. I think the next step is, is uh, control the things that you can control. Uh, we know we can't control the PPDs. We know we are still price takers, as you said, but there are things we can control. And there's a whole list of those things. And uh, DRP and the LGM are part of what you can control those prices. So I think in, in the second point, I think that's what you got to start looking at is go out and try to control what you can control. And, and then the third one is, is just keep looking for places that you can control costs and uh, mitigate risk because uh, uh, the, the risks are out there and it's, it's hard to identify them. And once you've identified them, you need to figure out uh, what impact that has on your cash flow or your, uh, your net worth and so forth. Fred, do you have any, uh, any thoughts on that? Well, as a final statement, I would say we still have to be good dairymen. We have to understand our milking system and our cattle. We have to get production out of them and keep them healthy. And that goes back to being in the barn every day, uh, producing a quality product. Great pointers. Appreciate your time, Ron, on today's podcast. Thanks for all the insight that you and Fred both provided. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the I-29 Moo You Dairy Podcast. I-29 Moo You is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries go to extension dot iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.